We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you on the eve of the first Knicks-Nets game of the season. Uh, Obviously, this is somewhat of a big deal. Maybe, maybe not. Whatever. It'll be made a big deal of by the various people that cover uh, these teams for a living in this city. Uh, is it actually a big deal? Eh, I don't know. Um, I, I personally don't think it's much of a rivalry until there's actually a rivalry, um, which let's be honest, there isn't right now. There's there's some storylines and some things to talk about. But uh, as far as, you know. These teams don't have a whole lot of history together. The Knicks don't have history with anybody for the last 20 years because, um, you know, they've been bad. And the teams that they actually have some history with, Pacers, Heat, Bulls, like, if they get good again, which they will, I'm sure, at some point, hopefully before I die, uh, maybe those rivalries will be rekindled. But I do think there is a genuine possibility for this to become a new rivalry at some point. In the next couple of years. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, we'll look back on tonight's game as as the moment that that started. So all this is to say to commemorate the occasion, uh, I brought on um, actually a, a first time guest of the pod, even though we talk all the time. I've been on uh, his podcast um, he's been on a different podcast of mine. He's a great guy, great follow on Twitter, and uh, really knows his nets. Matt Brooks, 
Um, and we talked about all kinds of things. Yes, we got into the Kyrie thing, which um, I should note. We recorded this podcast on Monday afternoon, and since then, the Kyrie story has uh, continued to develop a bit um, in that there has been now a video that's been released of him dancing at his um, sister's birthday party. He is not wearing a mask. He is not um, doing what I would define as as acceptable uh, dance moves. Um, these are the types of dance moves that y- you might see from me, um, were I to go out to the club, um, nowadays, which is not something that anybody wants to see. And I don't think anybody wanted to see Kyrie dancing on this video, uh, least of all the nets, but that is their issue. Uh, for, for the moment though, um, all we know is that, uh, he is continuing to, not play basketball for personal reasons. And uh, maybe if the league gets involved with uh, what he was doing wrong, going out and not taking the proper precautions, maybe he won't be playing basketball for other reasons um, in, in due time. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I did speak with Matt Brooks for a while about the whole Kyrie thing. And we got, you know, little, it wasn't exactly uh, all basketball. So I hope you don't mind that, but I thought it was an important issue to talk about. So we talked about it. So uh, that interview is coming up momentarily. Uh, Also, since we recorded uh, that podcast, that interview, the Knicks played a game and they lost pretty badly to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, They lost by 21 in their third straight effort um, that saw the team score under 90 points. Uh, Things are not feeling great right now in Knicks land because they can't score. Uh, I, I think it's it's such an interesting you know, I was thinking about this today. They're five and six, right? Which, like Austin Rivers said it after the game, if you had told anybody with the schedule that they faced and how the teams that they have played have been doing, that they'd be five and six, no one would ask any other questions. No one would care what their offensive rating rank is within the league. No one would care how individual guys were playing. No one would care about anything. They would say, holy shit, the Knicks are five and six. Um, and they'd be happy. And this, I don't say this to uh, put lipstick on the pig because, man, have these last three games been uh, some some strolls in the mud as, as they were. I just mean to say that this team, and I'm, I'm going to repeat this all year, so apologies. This team needed to be coherent and just respectable this season. And I think, if anything, the fear from the last three days is not that the offense is going to be a dog all year long because anybody who is being honest with themselves looking at this roster – could have forecasted that the offense was going to be a dog all year long. And I think it's always tempted, tempting to get wrapped up in the moment. And look, let's face it. There will be some days like we've seen because they just don't have a lot of perimeter talent. Um, and there will be other days like the game we saw against Utah when one or two of their, um, you know, non Julius Randall players steps up and has a big moment or a big quarter or a big something big game maybe, uh, and they'll, you know, they will help contribute to the effort. Like 
That happens in the NBA every night. It doesn't matter how bad you are on offense. You will guy, you will see guys step up. So I, I'm personally not so much concerned about the offense because it is what it is. And there will be nights where it looks a little bit better and there'll be nights where it looks, looks a little bit worse. I'm more concerned about do, do they let this losing streak snowball? Into, oh, wait, look at the Knicks now. They are, they started five and three, and all of a sudden they are, you know, six and 12. And now all of a sudden they are, you know, seven and 20. And now all of a sudden they are, um, you know, pulling up the rear and they are completely out of any semblance of a, a playoff chase for one of those two playing games and, and the whole thing. That is what the Knicks need to avoid. And my worry right now is that the offense is going to get in their heads and seep into their ability to function as a basketball team in other ways, such as defending coherently, um, still attempting to share the ball, coming out and playing hard every night. Um, all of the things that that I think we agree, even if the offense is going to be bad, which again, it is are still important and still necessary for the greater good of this season. And and that's where I'm at right now. I just, I'm a little worried for as much as I believe in Tibbs and, and the guys that they brought aboard and the growth in guys like Randall and Mitch. And I know it doesn't look like it right now, but RJ Barrett. Um, I'm just, I'm worried that this is still a franchise that losing is the default and dysfunction is the default. And like, Behind the scenes sniping is the default. All of that shit is the ingrained memory. So it takes a lot to escape that. And it's amazing how, <clears throat> you know, one, three or four or five game losing streak can really, you know, test your metal if you're this coaching staff and, and trying to keep these guys on the, on the, on the right path. You know, not to mention the guys in the locker room, guys like Austin Rivers who came aboard because they wanted to help bring this thing in the, in the right direction. Guys like Julius Randle, who has been just an absolute saint all year long in every way, by all indications, his leadership off the court, the whole thing. You know, all of those guys will be tested the more nights they have like this. So I do think this is a big game against the Nets. I'm not saying they have to win it. Um, but at some, you know, they have to kind of sort of get back on track. And yeah, I do think it's important for this team to kind of hang around 500 for, you know, the next 30, 40 games. And then if at the very end of the season, they kind of fall out of it, we could have that conversation then because maybe that's for the best in terms of, um, you know, draft position and especially in terms of the way this season seems to be shaping up where, I'm not sure there's going to be any tankers um, other than maybe one or two teams that will emerge. But like, I, I, I think I, I, let me put it this way. I don't think the Knicks are going to be able, are going to hurt themselves inextricably by hanging around the playoff race for a longer period of time. I think there will still be an opportunity. Should they, should they choose to accept it for them to lose uh, some games late um, and, and improve their draft position just a bit. But again, the, those would be first world problems to have. We're not there yet. We're at five and six with uh, the second lowest, or, or I think third, fourth, whatever lowest ranked offense in the league. And they, and they have to start putting it together a little bit. 
just a little bit more. Because if you put it together on offense a little bit more, um, the defense has dropped a little bit in the rankings, but I do think they're still capable of being an above average defensive team. Uh, famous last words, but I'll stick with them. And, uh, yeah, and onwards and upwards. Let's let's see what happens with this with this game. Um, I think that's it. But before I get to my interview with with Matt Brooks, a very quick word from our friends, uh, Blue Wire Hustle. Uh, as you know, we're now with Blue Wire, so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about a brand new program they have where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, question and answers with Blue Wire's top podcasters, and access to our community Discord, uh, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. This is a great deal. On top of that, we'll get you your show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Published out on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other platforms. And the best part is you get all of this for only $15 a month. Come on. It's like uh, two, uh, two, two lattes from Starbucks. It's nothing. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for that initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But again, that is bwhustle.com slash join. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, um, he is, oh my God, I was about to call him a returning guest and I just realized he's not a returning guest because he I'm hasn't not. been on this, no, he hasn't been on this podcast before, which is insane to me because I've been on his podcast and he's been on another podcast of mine, but this is actually the first time I get to say the words Matt Brooks, uh, who covers the Brooklyn Nets for uh, Nets Daily. He's amazing. Um, and he joins me uh, right now. Matt, um, how are you? What's going on? What's new? Anything? Not not much, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, that that beautiful basketball season we were banking on to, to get through what's been uh, yeah. another tough start to the year. Um, you know, we're working through some things. I think that's the best way to put it right now. So. Um, the journalistic work on everything that's going on with the NBA and the COVID protocols has been really great. Like there's been some really insightful stuff, but 
uh, the actual season has been a, a little bit of a disaster. So um, I think that's kind of the best way to summarize my life right now. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to, like I just told you, I'm going to record a little intro before this podcast, but I'll just say for posterity's sake, we sit here and we record this on uh, Monday uh, afternoon at three o'clock. Folks are going to hear this early on Wednesday or sometime during Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe by then uh, the we season. might not have a season. Yeah. <laughs> but No, I mean, I forget. I just retweeted it before. I should know who the heck uh, tweeted it out saying that under consideration for the NBA right now is a seventh to 14 day um, pause. I think the wording was so, yep. um, you know, we, we got two more uh, postponements tomorrow. The uh, uh, Pelicans Mavs game. And I think Bulls uh, Celtics. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, the Knicks have had their issues. Um, COVID, oddly enough, has not been one of them. Yeah. Uh, can't say the same uh, for you guys. Um, but as we sit here now, um, these two teams are going to play a basketball game um, on Wednesday night. So we are going to talk about some of the things that because, um, look, it's Knicks and Nets and it's 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 interesting. It's fun this um, year. It's pretty fun. I'm excited for this one. Well, if somebody, I mean, just be on, I'll be honest. If somebody had told me before the season, the two, when the two teams meet there, they will have combined for 10 wins. I would have been like, fuck, got off to a goddamn two and eight start. That sucks. <laughs> I would have really loved to get maybe a third, man, maybe a fourth win. Um, what would you, what would your uh, instant reaction have been? I'm assuming something <laughs> almost same lines. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'd like to say, in the moment I've been kind of surprised by the nets sort of stumbling in certain spots. They have that terrible tendency so far to show up for games against above 500 teams and not show up for games against below 500 teams. I think that's really indicative of not good things. Um, At the same time, I kind of, one of the many, probably one of the 2 million takes I've had over the last, well, really year because that's (laughs) it year is you're low. I know. I know we, all that time. I only got 2 million takes out. Um, but one of my many was I wouldn't be that surprised if they got off to a slow start just because of how many moving pieces they had uh, or have and are still having. Um, and by the way, I did not factor in Kevin Durant, you know, missing time for health and safety protocols. So yeah. it's not necessarily surprising, but I, I mean, look like I think there's some things you can glean from the team so far. And I, I don't think it's awesome stuff personally. Well, I want to, I want to get into some of it. Um, but before we, before we do and talk about if this is a rivalry yet, I don't think it is. And, uh, actually maybe get into some briefly get into some game stuff. Um, it would be disingenuous of me to not bring up the name Kyrie Irving. Um, <laughs> and I'm just, I, I I'm going to choose my words very carefully here. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't want to get canceled. Uh, um, that's a cancellation happening every day. Um, to the best of us. Gotta watch it. Yeah. So here's what I'll say. Um, I think I think mental health is a, a very real, very serious issue. Um, I've I've been in therapy at some point in my life. Um, if, if I had more time, I'd probably still be in it. I think it's very important. I think mental health days are important. Yeah. Um, and I say that as uh, a person who has just about every privilege under the sun. Because I am a white man. Um, I'm not a black man. Um, I don't care how much money he has. Can't put a price on what it is to exist in that skin in this country right now. Yep. So I want to get all of that out there at first. And then I, if I'm being honest, I'm looking at the situation and be like, but God damn it, you know, life is hard. 
and yep. it's hard for everybody. I'm, I'm sitting here right now. My daughter's on her iPad in the other room. I'm hoping she doesn't come in here and like interrupt this podcast. <laughs> my wife is about to walk in from a, a ultrasound that I couldn't go on, uh, go to that appointment with her because we're in the middle of COVID and I'm teaching virtual classes. And, um, you know, I'm, it, it's like I could go on and on as could you, as could every yeah. person listening to this podcast. Okay. I just wonder if I had to cover the team, the Nets, how I would feel about this. And if I would be able to put like how, how I would deal with my own personal feelings about shit, man, I wish I could, wish I could take a few days off and just kind of be like, yeah. you, you know, you know, honey, um, I just need some space right now. I'm going to go, you know, I need a couple days in Cancun. I can't do that. You can't do that. Most people can't do it. Kyrie Irving has done that. Do you, as a person who has to cover this team, has that been tough for you to grapple with or like, where are you at? I'm a unique, I don't want to say unique, but I do think maybe compared to like, so I'll put it this way. I'll, last week, I don't know how many people that are listening know about this. I was pretty active in the protests uh, this summer. Like that was something I was passionate about. Well, we've about talked it. about this. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about it quite a bit. And I don't want to get too much into, well, I mean, I don't actually don't really mind delving into specifics. Last week was really, it was you a get into whatever you want. for me. Yeah. You know, no. like, I, I mean, and like, look, like my job is to come here, talk about, you know, how if teams are over switching and all this stuff. They played, <laughs> I think it was Wednesday and Thursday. I yeah. was glazed over. I, 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 I was like sitting there watching these games. I was like, this is so meaningless. Like, I don't, it's, this is one of these weird weeks where I love this. Like, it's, it's not like me, you know, I, and I think that's where I can kind of agree a little bit with Kyrie. It's like, I love basketball. It's never an issue of that. But there are weeks where it's like, man, we're really watching, a, you know, whatever, 10 guys on 20 guys combined shoot a spherical object in a hoop. And that's what we're doing. And I think last week was as the American experiment collapses onto itself. Exactly. And and it just, it was like, it was, it was tough. Like personally, like watching everything that happened and how it, I mean, look, we had an insurrection with very little pushback, very little pushback. And I think when you, especially for me, and I'm sure other people feel this way. I know Kyrie was uh, very active in this. I know Karis Levert was many other players in the league. They, you know, they go through protests. You hear about Sterling Brown, you know, somebody who yeah. is quite literally physically abused by police. Um, they go through all this. They see all these things over summer. There's, you know, <laughs> tanks rolled out. Uh, there's, you know, unmarked vans taking people in. I think just that compared with what happened last week and just how grossly unprepared we were for something that was realistically an attack on our nation's capital. I yeah. get if that was triggering. So I get it. And I think everybody reacts to that at different speeds. I, I think me personally, it really, I didn't feel like completely normal until yesterday, which was Sunday. Um, so I think, you know, for everybody, they're going to react differently. I just, for me, I'm just kind of worried if he's doing okay. Like, what is this trigger? What is this, you know, if that's something he's passionate about. So I, I get it from the side of like, you know, especially if you're looking at this being like, okay, well, you know, he's missing work. He's, he's missing, he's paid to do this job. I get that. I totally do. Um, but I think when it becomes an issue of, look, I mean, Kevin Durant said our prayers are with him. Like it's little things like that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a step back. And and I think that that is something where we need to evaluate. So my opinion right now is I actually don't have an opinion until he speaks personally. 
You know what? That's the responsible uh, thing. And um, I think more people, including myself, should should err on that side. It's tricky, I just, though. I can't blame you because, I mean, it like, honestly, I'm just being honest is going on. I, I'm no, having because no. look, we don't we don't need to, we could do a whole podcast about the things that are going on in the country. <laughs> We're not going to do that because that's not why yeah. people tune in. And I respect that. But um, <laughs> I think there are I guess my only thing that I wanted to say is I know, especially in this city, which has a mentality of like, which is not necessarily a healthy mentality, it. It, but it, but that is not a healthy thing to have that no. New York mentality. Like the world could be burning down around me. I'm going to trudge on. That's a New York mentality, not a healthy one, but it is the mentality of this city. And you want to, you know, talk about Brooklyn and like the ethos of what it really means to be part of Brooklyn. Like to me, when I think of Brooklyn, I, that's what I think of. It's like, doesn't sure. matter what's standing in my, you know, so I just wonder, again, that's why I asked how you're dealing with it. I wonder how some of the fans are, are what their opinions are of it. Um, and I just know from the last thing I'll say on this, if this was a Knicks player doing this, I would feel so conflicted because I look, as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, I look for every excuse to be on the side of the Knicks player. I will, yeah, I will me too. uncover every rock, right? So I don't know. I just, I felt like I it needed, I wanted to address it before we got to anything else. So we've addressed it. Um, yeah, and I yeah, no. Being, yeah, of course. I mean, the thing, like, I get it from both sides. I think, and I'm also with you on that. I get it from his side. I get it from people that are upset, that are, you know, sitting here much like everybody else, kind of watching everything and still forced to go to work and all this. So I, I get it. It's it's just a tricky situation. I don't know if there's anybody right. And, uh, you know, just kind of waiting to hear from him. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll and I'll be curious um, what he says um, when he gets back, whenever whenever that is. On the court, um, as you were saying, um, you guys have struggled a little bit, um, but at the same time, last I checked, actually I didn't check after yesterday's game, so I imagine it it had gone down. But I think you guys were the third uh, best net rating in the sport, maybe fourth, and then now I would imagine it's still somewhere in the upper half of the top ten, but maybe a little bit lower. Um, is it just as simple as, you know what, we're not taking this as seriously as we need to be? Or do you think, you know, with the losses that you've suffered, obviously Dinwiddie's gone. Um, Durant is now back. Irving is out. Like, is this, or is this just like a manpower thing? Like, basically, I guess what I'm asking you is, should Nick fans expect a close game on Wednesday if the Nets collectively make a decision, like we're going to come to play and try to win this game, like in your opinion, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the Nets based on everything we've seen, I think they'll show up and I think they'll take this game seriously. Um, but I think, you know, outside of maybe this Knicks game, I think there are like some problems that you have to monitor with the Nets. I mean, it's just, I don't love the roster makeup. I just don't. In the same way that we, you know, clowned you guys for having a million power forwards, the Nets have like 25 sort of like one-sided three and D players. And it's like, it's just, it's a weird roster. It's all guards. It's, it's just, I don't know. It, I don't, I think that's a real long-term problem. And you know, the way that they're using them hasn't been especially I, I don't know. I don't know how much you've watched them. They, I, I've checked it today. They've ran two zone possessions so far, which fine, whatever. Um, they're mostly switching, which is going to take a long time, a long, long time. Okay. And and honestly, in a season with COVID where you have guys missing left and right, the idea of doing a switching defense where you kind of need to know everybody's tendencies, you need to know where you know some guys 
Some guys like to switch when they are at screen. Sometimes some guys like to, you know, um, hang back in the paint a little bit more like a Jared Allen, for example, is going to be somebody or DeAndre Jordan definitely wants to hang out in the paint a little bit more. We've seen that show on this side (laughs) of the river. Oh man. It's a, it's a show. It's Uh, a show. (laughs) It is a show. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you know, all of these moving pieces going on and I just, I don't know. I have a couple of questions about it. I don't think Nash has done a good job uh, at all. I just I don't think he's done a good job. Oh, oh, you don't. It's say. early. Yeah, it's, 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 it's early. Job. It's very early. Okay, but not at all. Uh, so it's just like those are moving pieces. The roster doesn't feel right, and I don't know. It's been it's been some issues from the bench so far. Okay, in terms no. of leadership up from the coaching standpoint. So it's weird. It's it's interesting. It's weird to talk about Nash because I feel like for now the better part of a uh, when did the Kyrie? Yeah, this has been five days. Um, for the better part of five six days, whatever it's been, his the focus has been on the the Kyrie issue and off of maybe some of the some of the decisions. But there's been some interesting like lineup choices in terms of like the starting lineup too, like um, where there's been some different ones. I I'm I guess. What I'm wondering at this point for the Knicks, again, I don't know how much you've watched us. Um, the it's the issues are are obvious for anyone to see. They can't score. They really can't score when Julius Randle is in the game. Um, teams are are daring them to shoot, and when they've made shots, they've done okay. When they move the ball, they do better than not. Um, and then on defense, when Mitchell Robinson's not in the game, it turns into uh, not not what you want. So, talking about just. I guess with you, cause you brought it up the Nets defensive scheme. I almost wonder if they're, if they're going to try to like simplify things for, for like this game, because if you play a simplistic, like, look, we're not going to let you get in the paint against the Knicks. That's, that's been working. But um, you know, at, at the same time, I don't, I, I have, have they had any like outstanding defensive performances this season? It feels like the answer is no. Other since the, maybe the very beginning of the year. First two games, they were great. And then they've had yeah. a couple of good – I'm sorry, my dog is barking like crazy. You might have That's said okay. <laughs> No, listen, when you when you talk about the Nets' defense, I, I think it elicits uh, very visceral reactions both from mankind and the animal world. I don't, yeah. I don't blame your dog at all. <laughs> well, you know, my dog's not a big fan of, uh, of switching. Uh, and so <laughs> here's the issue um, for you guys. And, you know, you say, okay, well, they can't really – you know, the, the Knicks can't really shoot. The Nets just played the Thunder, who are, you know, everything you say about the Knicks. As did we. Yeah. 10 times, like it is 10 times worse with with the Thunder. They have nobody who can hit an outside shot. And the amount of points in the paint that the Nets are allowing right now, because they are having somebody like Jared Allen switch all the way out. And then they just, they're low men in every single possession for the Nets. It feels like it's Landry Shamit. It's a Joe Harris. It's like these guys that like, realistically what basket protection are they providing even if they slide over perfectly i mean look like joe harris got short arms and is a good defender in front of guys but he's not a rim protector neither is landry shamit so you have this defense that allows these you know shots inside they've been terrible about giving up boards and i think it all comes down to this idea of running a switching defense you know it's a really sexy idea in theory to have jared allen coming out to the perimeter contesting guys he's improved a ton no doubt Problem is you don't have the roster behind him. That backline protection just isn't there. So I actually would worry for the Nets' sake. Like I, don't, I, I think Julius Randle is going to look great. Who's going to stop him? They don't have anybody who can match up with him other than Jared. Well, 
Well, that's that's been to your your dogs making noise. My wife comes in. That's, yeah, we're, we're we got both, the cameos left and right. Listen, <laughs> this is this is podcasting Just in two thousand. This yeah. is podcasting in two thousand twenty one. I don't um, even get nervous anymore with the dog. I'm just like, I'm sorry, man. Like it's. <laughs> And I never leave. I'm probably bothering this poor, this poor creature. Like <laughs> you're doing fine. You're doing, you're doing great raising him. You know. um, Randall. I mean, look, we've been singing Randall's praises over here. Um, pretty, pretty uh, hot and heavy and, and because it's been warranted and he's, he's been making the right play. And when he needs to take the offense on his back, he's been, he's been doing that. And, and it's been, it's been working. I mean, it's, there's yep. no other way to say it. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll be curious to see who they put on him um, to start the game. I get who's, so who's your starting is Kevin Durant. You're starting four man right now. Started at the three last game. They put, they put, it was, uh, it was, um, Oh, why can't I even remember Karis? How many games we've had? I don't even yeah. remember. They've had like seven starting lineups. I know, but uh, that's what's what's crazy. They've had Karis, Joe Harris. Uh, so Karis at the one, Joe Harris. Uh, they had Katie at the three, Jeff Green at the four, Jeff Jared Green. Allen. Okay. Yeah, a lot of Jeff Green. Look, I mean, people seem to be really en- enamored by Jeff Green, and like, yeah, he's been. People are always enamored with Jeff Green. Twelve years the guy's been in the league. Always people enamored with Jeff Green. And like, I get it. Like, yeah, like he. He's he's still the like in theory guy, but there are like possessions defensively where I'm just like I, I just don't know, I don't know if, to, if if this is gonna fly. I and it's like he's been pretty good for the Nets too, but no, I think that the weird thing for for this game is that it's um these two teams are just kind of the opposite of one another. So you mentioned that the Knicks are better with Mitch, you know, with Mitch in and. They're yeah. going to protect the paint. Well, the well, Nets don't pe- pressure the paint. They not, just not, don't. <laughs> hold on. Not, not yet, because that's the one that's the other caveat. Yes, when Mitch is in the game, the defense is a lot better. But okay. even when he's in the game, because obviously NBA teams are smart, they're yeah. figuring out ways to pull him out of the paint. And when that happens, it's like you were describing before with you guys. There's yeah. just there's there's no backline help because Julius Randle, for as many wonderful things as he does, offers about the same amount of rim protection as Landry Shamit or you or me or your right. Dog. Right. So um, question for you: you uh, you have cleaning the glass? I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. So I, I don't. I looked this up recently. This is we've hit the nerdy part of the podcast. Also, I love that I'm interjecting and just <laughs> being but like, you, all right, let's talk about cleaning the glass. <laughs> I want you to do this. is great. This is exactly why I have to run. What, what, right what are you wondering about? Uh, so, you know, cleaning the glass has the like shot location. Yeah. Um, like, if, I guess, effective field goal percentage. Are the Knicks still like in the bottom five in terms of shots allowed? Well, they were in the bottom one or two last uh, last time I looked and I haven't looked. Okay. Um, that much of late just because, um, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant. I don't feel like I've needed to because the eye test is just so very clear. It's basically, there's two, there's two games happening. There's the game that's happening when Mitchell Robinson is not playing, which is there's, there's just no, there's no deterrent whatsoever. I mean, Nerland's Noel, I, I mean, I I had to laugh. His he just switched agents. I don't know if you know this. Okay. And the and the agent, his new agent, Chris Gaston, is a great guy. He's been on this podcast. Um, put out a press release earlier today calling Nerlens the one of the best uh, rim protectors in the league, and he does have some nice block stats. But sure. man, that the nobody's afraid to go in the paint on him, hmm. and he's had a few nice blocks. But he's he's just with the other pieces that are surrounding him, maybe that's more to do with it because, you know, you're, you're dealing with your, your Kevin Knox's of the world and Emmanuel quickly is a rookie. And it's just like, there's no deterrent. 
when Mitch is in the game, when unless teams get super creative, and that's the other going to be interesting thing is I wonder how much they put KD at the five because you want to talk about a way to jam up whatever little good the Knicks have been doing, which is their defense. Put KD at the five and see what you could roll with them because then it puts Mitch in an impossible situation. What is he going to do? And I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. And I'm curious to see if they actually go for it. I mean, but I feel like Nash has been going to that occasionally, right? I don't think he's done it enough. Like, honestly, like it's weird. It's like they want to play centers, which fine. That's, that's makes sense. I actually think there's a world where they should be doing that a little bit more. Um, They've been reluctant. Like they've sprinkled in a little bit, Jeff green at the five. Okay. Like Houston did. I don't know if that's a huge advantage. Like I, they, I don't, I really don't think they've leaned into the, the KD at the five, just as KD. And you just, because it's not like this team's stopping anybody. <laughs> like honest, They're just not, they're just not. I mean, and it's like, so I don't know. Um, By the yeah, way, I, New, I, New York is uh, second from the bottom right now. Location effect. Are they? Yeah. It's not interesting. They, yeah. Because they're allowing a ton of shots still at the rim and they're, they're, um, you know, corner threes. The corner three is the only thing they're kind of taking away. Uh, they're hmm. 18th in the league at, at uh, corner opponents, corner, corner three frequency. I mean, t- here's the thing. Tibbs definitely knows. It's clear what they're, what they're trying to do. It's just a matter of, like they give, they'll give up at above the break three anytime you want it basically. Sure. But it's, it's the other, it's the other part of it. Yeah. Do you, are you buying it? The hot start? I'm, I'm personally not. But I, I will admit you've probably watched way more than me because my general NBA consumption this year is extremely down. <laughs> well, I, as what we were with talking this, about before. With the schedule. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's making life impossible. Yes. Um, I'm buying aspects of it. I'm buying okay. Randall. Um, I'm buying I'm buying the defense. Not, I mean, they're buying like... Randall. This buying Randall. Oh. I just... This is crazy because we, I don't even know when you came on my show, I don't even think we talked about Julius Randle. Well, because we just assumed like, okay, he's a placeholder yeah. in the starting lineup until Obi Toppin's ready. And then they're going to figure out what they could get for him and ship him off. That was the, that was yeah. the thing. Um, no, I'm buying it because as I've said on, on the show over the last few weeks, he's not doing anything. He hasn't been able to show the ability to do before. Yeah. It's, it, this is above the next stuff. And, um, and Tibbs, Tibbs hasn't bought in. And he has all these guys bought in. That's the other, that's the thing that I'm buying. I'm buying that they, that the team has bought in. I'm even last night where they just got their doors blown off by Denver. Like they, you know, they were kind of in that game, and they're really shorthanded right now. And they hung around until the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. Um, and I'm kind of buying the defense. I don't think they're going to stay 29th in um, opponents' rim uh, or sh- shots at the rim uh, frequency. I think that'll the Nets will help you guys with that. <laughs> they do not rush it. I think they're twenty seventh right now in terms of uh, frequency. Yeah, but the Nets are also, and I'll, I'm sure you know this off the top of your head. Um, where are the the Nets in frequency of threes? They're oh, they got to be at the top. Yeah, they're playing fast and shooting early. Well, I'm I'm sure they're an early shot clock team as well. So well, maybe they are, but it's opponent uh, offense shooting frequency. They're only sixteenth. In um, frequency of threes, and you you nailed it. They're bottom ten and at the rim. But you know what they do a lot, shoot a lot of? They shoot a lot of short mid rangers, according to cleaning the glass. So that's interesting to me. Um, but I don't know. I I I'm curious to see how they try to neutralize Mitch because that's been that's been the key. Let's close up by um, talking about 
you guys are five and six. We're, we're five and five. Um, by the time people listen to this, those records will change because you have a game. You have a game tomorrow. tomorrow. We, have, we have a game against Denver. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys. Face How do they look? They looked. Really? They look Jokic is going to Jokic is going to. I don't I don't even want to think about what he's going to do. Well, right like, I, I caught a little bit of shrapnel. I noticed on. on oh, look, my daughter's making a guest appearance on the pod. This is, I think, her first pod debut. This is crazy. There we are. Yeah, um, I caught some shrapnel today because I sung Mitchell Robinson's praises in my newsletter today mm-hmm. um, because I thought he did. Like he said after the game, he's like, I didn't think uh, Jok- like it was that tar- hard to guard Jokic. And I was like, I, th- I thought he was right. I thought he handled him with the exception of a couple plays. Um, so, yeah, they look good. They look really good. Um, is this a rivalry yet? I feel like it's not because I feel like for it to be a rivalry, people would be like gearing themselves up for it's the first Knicks Nets game of the season. Like we have to Jesus Christmas. Um, we have to like, we're, you know, it's, it's a big deal. And I'm sure it'll be on like the back pages of the papers on, on Wednesday morning. But I feel like Knicks fans by and large feel like they have their own shit to worry about. It sounds like the Nets and the Nets fans feel like they have their own shit to worry about. Yeah. Um, do you get a different sense than I'm getting or is that pretty spot on? No, no. I, I think for the most part, it's been pretty two teams working pretty independently of each other, which I think is good. Like, I mean, we talked about what the Knicks are doing and the idea of kind of building up the way the Nets did and, um, and hopefully they they do that successfully and re- and build a real culture and 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 just things that you can build off of that you can keep going forward. Um, and I I think that's where it ends, right? Like the the net, you know, the Nets right now really. I mean, the, the rivalries I'm looking at is like Boston. Uh, I think Golden State is still kind of a, like a little bit of a contentious point for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, interesting. Okay. So that those are the ones I'm really looking at as marquee matchups. I'm really excited about the the uh, Knicks Nets game just because of I want I think it's going to be a good test, but I don't know if that makes it a good for you guys. It'll be a good test. Both God teams. I, I think come, both come teams. back on this podcast anytime, man. <laughs> I I think so. I mean, and, and look, and I I mean maybe it's because I mean I, I've, I've mentioned before I'm not like this. I didn't exist in New York three years ago. So no, it's not you, like I'm a diehard Nets fan. You know, you're fair all across the, no, we've had, I, yeah. I could, for anybody who doesn't know, I, I take it for granted that people know you, but for anybody who doesn't know you're, you're as fair as they come. So I appreciate I, yeah. that. Well, but I also don't, my point is I don't represent like, you know, the Nets community or Nets fans or anything like that. Cause I, I just don't know. I, that side of it, like the emotional side of it, I don't get, overly invested in. I actually, I want both of these teams to be good. I don't know if everybody feels that way, but I do. I'm like, both of these teams would be good. I hope the Knicks land in the playoffs. I hope they play each other in the first round. That'd be awesome. So that's kind of where I'm at, but I don't know if that's representative. I get excited Um, when the Knicks play well. (laughs) I mean, I I would like that because that would mean the Knicks would be, um, I'm assuming not only will they have made the play-in game, but they will have won play in game slash games to advance yeah. into the playoff field because uh I, I sorry folks I got news for you the Nets ain't ain't finishing in one of the seven or eight or whatever seeds. They'll figure it out. Um yeah. I mean I, I picked you guys to make the finals um before the season and I picked I think Durant for my second or third I think I no I think I picked Durant for my third place MV. I, I think I went Luca A D Durant as my top three 
predictions for for MVP. And um, Durant obviously missed some time, so that might be a little tough for him. Um, we'll see if he misses any more games here on him. But yeah, um, no, I, I mean, I I just think you got. I think when you when you look at them in comparison to the rest of the East, I still don't know who's beating you guys in a seven game series. If everybody's healthy. And I already, I know when I say that I, it already is not a, it, it is a, I can't say that because Dinwiddie's out. And so not, everybody's not gonna be healthy, but you know, with those two guys, I just like who, who are they going to walk into a series and be like, man, I don't know if we get this one. Especially with the way the playoffs, it's just so much about self-creation and, and the way that like that side of it, I can sit here, I can pick on them for every little thing defensively and decisions and substitutions and timeouts or the lack thereof and whatever. Yeah, but that's all bullshit. No, I mean, it, it just, it does, it just doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't matter. It's bullshit if, if when you it have comes these right two, down to it. Yeah, it, it, it really does. And it's like, it's a talent driven league. So is it starting off great? No. Are they going to be fine? Probably. And there's ways for them to improve. I, I think they should. I think they should try to, you know, improve on the fringes a little bit. Cause I, I actually, I, I think there are problems with this roster. I don't think it's, you know, indicative of them not, you know, making the finals or something like that. Cause we've said the same thing about the Lakers last year. <laughs> we, we sat around and we said, Oh, well, yeah. you know, they don't have any three point shooting. I mean, they didn't really throughout the playoffs and it just didn't matter. Well, and and so, the difference was they had a top one player and a top yep. five player. The Nets yep. have a top. I don't, I, I I don't know, three player and a top 15, 12, 15. Yeah. I don't know when Kyrie's I going, I would say to top, pick him. top 12. I think when he's going, like when he's really yeah. going, he's, 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 um, you know, he, he's, he's up there. He's way, way up there. Um, yeah. And you can, you can look and, at and yourself I, and in I the mirror they, and, and kind of be like, Oh, he is in, he's in that class that Lillard, that Curry class when he's going. I, and I don't think that's yeah. When he's going, I don't. I don't really. I, I don't have much reservations about that at all. The problem is, it's just everything that has happened in his career in terms of him missing time with injuries, and then this just being a tough year for somebody like him who is so, um, you know, again, not to harken back to this too much, but uh, somebody who's so involved in the social justice piece of a lot of this. Um, I just say it's a, it's a tough time for him and it's really hard to get a, a metronome and just kind of get a feel for where he is. So that side of it, I think we are, I'm probably forgetting about a little too much, but okay. No, but it's a long season and um, really, you know, it could I, be really long. <laughs> well, uh, um, yeah. Depends how many of these breaks we have. It could be. Um, yeah. I, for, I mean, it's funny. You said it's a test. You, I, I think it's a test too, but I think it's a test more for the Knicks. And I think it's specifically going to be a test because I think Kevin Durant, if I, if I was a betting man, um, I don't know what the over under is going to be on his points scored on Wednesday night, but I would, I would take, I would take the over. Um, well, he just dropped like 37 and they lost. Like, it's not like it hasn't, they, they, their issues are, I mean, it's funny. Like you just look at the star power with this team and you say, okay, they're going to come in. Harris just dropped, I think, 41 uh, two games ago, and KD dropped, uh, I think, yeah, again, 37. Yeah. And they lost both those games. So, and we saw Beal drop. Great. We saw Beal drop 60 against Philly, and they lost that game. I mean, like scoring alone, but but at the same time, when you're dealing with a team like the Knicks, who has failed to score 90 points in four of their 10 games, um, heading into Monday night, let's hope they let's hope they uh, beat that best of that number against right. Charlotte. Um, famous last words. 
uh, you know, it, 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 if he puts up 40, it's like, okay, well, you're four ninths of the way there to what you might need to do. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Um, we're we're, we're going to have to end this with a prediction. Um, do, do you think the Nets won oh, this man. game? I think the Nets are about to win by 15. <laughs> and I really do. By 15. <laughs> It'll be a good test. But uh, again, I, if okay. they're going to wake up for any games of the next couple, it's going to be that Knicks game. I don't care what the organization says or what Nash says or what KD says or whoever says. Even though it may not be the rivalry that we want it to be, they're still going to be they're going to be looking at this and they're going to say this is the other team in New York. They just they are. They'll get they, there's a good chance they get smoked tomorrow by Denver. Just smoked and then they show up the next day. That's well, what I would bet bet my money on because I, I think Denver is going to be more problematic for them with the specific problems that the Nets have. The Knicks, I just, you know, their biggest thing right now is focus and is just rotating correctly and, and not overhelping. I, I think they'll, those things will be short up for a game that I do believe they're going to show up for. Um, I think the Knicks will show up too. Okay. I, I think it will be a close, I think it will be a close game in the fourth quarter, mostly because every game has been, not a close game necessarily in the fourth quarter, but they have entered every fourth quarter with a chance to win. And they and look, they've I've actually won several of them. So yeah. um I I didn't say I was gonna make a prediction, so I'm not. Um <laughs> that's not fair. No, I think it's I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be a close game. I just I look, I have I have way too much respect for for KD. So yeah. Um we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Matt, this was uh phenomenal. Thank you for getting into some uh some th- thorny um issues and i appreciate you being genuine and, and honest with this stuff um because you know i think people are curious about it and it's 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 an interesting time all around uh can you oh, yeah. please let let folks know where they, they could find you and, and your stuff just follow me on twitter i mean it's just it's all there you know i don't <laughs> i don't want to give you guys like the whole MLA formatted, you know, formatted bibliography of my stuff. Just follow me on Twitter. It's all I mean, there. if you wanted to, that would be allowed. We I wouldn't tell you not to. You know, maybe not the best podcast segment, but yeah, just follow me there. I, I do. I've been doing um, more video work this year, which has been really fun. I, if you don't know already, I do a lot of film stuff uh, for Nets Daily. So that's kind of what I focus on is just the sort of on-court product and what it's looking like, which has been a mixed bag this year. Uh, but yeah, so I do, I do a bunch of written work like that. And then I've been doing a bunch of video work as well. And it's all on Twitter. And, uh, that Twitter account is Matt Matt Brooks, Brooks, NBA, NBA. Very original like me. Um, you gotta get, you got to get the NBA at the, at the end there. Otherwise, yeah, how would people? Wouldn't they wouldn't know. know. What, what, what am I? I could be for, you know, cricket. Who knows? <laughs> I had to specify. Oh, man. Uh, of course, we're both delirious by the end of, of this podcast. That That's Pretty the much. kind of year that it's been. Yeah. Uh, all right. Th- yeah. uh, hang around for a second. Everybody, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We'll be back with you with another one uh, to end this week. 